a lot of the Peloton instructors, I get really excited when I hear them say certain things. I'm like, oh, I know what they're doing, or this is there's research behind what they just said. Is one of the best things is having a gratitude journal because when you are writing something down that you're grateful for, it's hard to be ticked off or to be worried. When I look back on on my journey and like when you have a bout of depression, you're more likely to have another one. I can see a big connection between a gratitude journal practice and not having one because you're going back to, hey, this worked or what about this or what about that? And and really being present. And I know you're a fellow big fan of Brene Brown. Yes, definitely. And her work is incredible. I love her. I'm so glad that she's also a fellow Peloton writer. I know. That's so cool. It's more than just your output, more than a bike. When you hear your shout out, you know it's all right. Put on your magic pants and let's go. We're cruising into the power zone. Clip in, set yourself free. Come on and take a ride with me. You know what you need to know and what's it all about. Everything you need, it's on the clip out. Welcome to the clip out, episode 160. This is Crystal O'Keefe. And this is Tom O'Keefe. Hi. Hi. We haven't really seen each other today. No. Not much this week, actually. No, between me overnights and then, uh, what am I, like, Tarzan? Me overnights. Uh, <laughs> with me working overnights. And, uh, oh, good. You can still say complete sentences. <laughs> yes, I can. And uh, and then I was off today, but then I was, I was just errand boy. I went and got the your oil changed. Thank you. And then gassed up your car and washed it because I'm really, really great like you that. You are. And I didn't even ask, guys. I didn't even ask. Took uh, took Brian to the orthodontist. That needed to happen. Watched a movie. But for the other show, the other podcast, so that's allowed. So, busy day. Yeah. And then all you did was work. I know. Uh, yeah, jeez. So, uh, well, anyway, I guess, uh, what do you got in store for people? Well, uh, the OPP hits a large milestone. <laughs> no, it's still around. It's not that milestone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, we're going to talk about Peloton in the news for all kinds of things. We've got some fun, special uh, little tidbits coming up that are new for yeah. the podcast. Some so new features. Some a new, new feature features. For, for you. Yeah. Yes. And uh, so we'll tell you more about that when we get there. And uh, some stuff that the instructors are up to and some sightings of Peloton. Awesome. Well, before we get to all that, shameless plugs, don't forget, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, you should be able to find us. If we missed one, please let us know. We'll go fix it. Uh, while you're there, you can uh, subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can also uh, leave us a review if you'd be so kind, just so other people know that maybe we're worth their time. We have a new review. Yes. I don't even know how to say this. It's like with the iTunes screen names, they're well, like because there's, there's no punctuation there's missing vowels. Right. Yeah. C-A-L-C-R-N-A 32. Uh, fun, informative and addictive. I found this podcast a few months ago. I'm a Peloton owner and wanted to find more connections with the community. I listened to the episode about Christine D'Ercole and was instantly hooked. Crystal is truly pillow addicted, just like so many of us. And Tom hilariously supports this addiction, <laughs> even though he doesn't drink the Kool-Aid. I love Kool-Aid. What are they? Oh, the other. But not okay. the Peloton Kool-Aid. No, no. Uh, this podcast has something new and informative each week. If you subscribe, you will have another reason to wish for Friday to come sooner. If you love everything Peloverse and beyond, this podcast is a must. So thank you. Wow, what they, a kind review. They did thank not you. leave a leaderboard name, so I cannot share their leaderboard name well, with you. Well, thank you, whoever you are. 
We appreciate it. Yes, thank you. So, uh, also, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the clip out. While you're there, like the page, join the group, and you can find everything we talk about weekly the links, the pictures, all that stuff. Uh, it can get delivered directly to your inbox if you sign up for our newsletter at theclipout.com. Okay, so I forgot this week. It will come to you almost every week <laughs> if you sign up at theclipout.com. I was doing a lot of stuff for the podcast, though, if it counts. That's true. Anything. Yes. So uh, there's all of that. Let's, uh, let's dig in, shall we? Let's. It's time for News of the Paladin. The OPP hits 300,000 members in their group. Yep. And like 198,000 are jerks. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sounds a little low. <laughs> nah, you know, the funny thing is, is the, the joke is it's probably not that many people are jerks. It's just they're the ones that are jerks are so loud. And then people get mad and yell at them, which just keeps the threat alive. And yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, I thought it was interesting that Peloton really didn't make a big deal about it. They made a huge deal about it when they hit 100,000 and 200,000. Right. I heard nothing when it was 300,000. There's a lot in the world to not celebrate right, right now, though, so it might just be not the appropriate time to yeah, celebrate. That's my guess, is I think a lot of the companies right now are kind of pumping the brakes on patting themselves on the back for what, in comparison, feels like trivial achievements. And that's that's understandable. Yeah. If that's why, then I get it. Yeah. That's a fair reason. So don't they won't talk about it, but we will. Yeah. And when and when you got your bike, yeah, there were way how many back people? when eight thousand people. Yeah, eight thousand to three hundred thousand. That's a lot. That's some growth right there. Yeah. So uh, there's an article from Bloomberg talking about how certain outlets are going to use Peloton as a blueprint. Yes. But not for more exercise equipment for a change. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's what caught my eye about this, because it's for the the upcoming Democratic and Republican national conventions. Both sides right. are going to be using uh, the same kind of platform as a template because, you know, so much of this is going to be virtual this year. Right. This this particular election. So they're trying to figure out ways to, you know, pump up the crowd <laughs> while they're watching this. I don't know that it's going to work. I mean, I don't know that it is either because the whole point of like a political convention is just you have all these people packed in and you see the excitement of the people as there's, you know, standard bearer is selected as the official presidential nominee and everybody's cheering and wearing goofy hats and they have signs and it's just supposed to create this enthusiasm. And I just don't know that you can replicate that on a Zoom call. I don't know that you can. And as I wrote in the post that I sent uh, that I posted everywhere, I, I don't know that that people realize how much energy and personality and presence our Peloton instructors have. Like, that's not something that just anybody can do. Uh, yeah, that's true, too. Like, that's, you, you know, know you, you know, you're in the concert industry. How many shows have you watched? And then, like, somebody walks out and they just don't have it. They don't right. have it. And you just instantly see they don't have it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and they might even have some hit songs or something. Yeah. Or, or if, you know, if you've gone to a, a concert with that's multi acts, I'm sure, you know, if you've seen very many, you've run into the situation where even if it's it's two or three large artists like there's one artist that they bring an intensity or energy level that the other big name artist just 
doesn't. Can't match. You know there's one in my head. I'm yeah, thinking of. Yeah, like we went to a show. I mean, the artist that was bringing the heat was Charlie Daniels. And I don't think we should say the other one because I'd hate to embarrass Travis Tritt. But, <laughs> uh, and Travis Tritt is not a bad artist. I mean, not at all. You know, he's got tons of hits and, and he's, he's a great performer as well. But like when you compare like the energy level of Charlie Daniels Which is just shocking because the yeah. dude is old. Yeah, he I mean, we like, saw him. This was just like a year and a half ago. He was like, like 80. Yeah, like yeah. he didn't, like when he was doing his like signings, he was sitting the whole time. And like even when he was on stage, he didn't move. They would just bring him a new guitar and like he just yeah. like all he did was clip it on. He moved not one inch yeah. from the place he stood. But somehow that man's presence yeah. like brought the energy and so my whole point to that is I don't know that these politicians can do that. That's not what they're used to doing. And I'm not that is nothing about either side or right. I, it's just it's a very different thing. They're not entertainers in the same way. Right. Yeah. So I, I think that that's going to drive some of it, too. You know, it's yeah. just not being able to pull that presence. I concur. Well, it'll be interesting to see. What they uh, has it? Have they said like what exactly they're trying to replicate? They're trying to replicate just the virtual excitement. It had some specifics in it, but kind of like having all the people like joining together and yeah. having uh, a live feed. So like if you were taking a live ride, all the high fives, for example, gotcha. you would have like people reacting to things that are happening. You okay. would be able to see it on the screen. Almost which like I, on Facebook, like when somebody's liking a video, you see the hearts flying yeah, up. And yeah, exactly. And I do think that will help some, but... um I just, it's just not the same. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, I mean, the instructors are inspirational. If, if, you know, so maybe if we could get some politicians that are like that. Yeah. That'd be a nice change of pace. Yeah. So, <laughs> so moving right along, we've found an article from fool.com talking about if your return on investment for Peloton, if you had bought Peloton stock the day it hit the market, how filthy rich would you be right now? <laughs> and specifically, if you had invested $5,000. Okay, so that that's, was... I mean, not to like get elitist, but that that's not a, an insane amount of money if you're investing in the stock yeah, market. Yeah, like I think that's, I, yeah. I mean, that's that's not a shocking amount. Right, it's not like if you invested $100,000. Right, yeah. right. So if you had invested $5,000 the day of the IPO, you would have over $8,000 right now. That's pretty decent. Well, considering it was just a few months ago. Right, yeah, yeah. that's really good. Uh, now, <laughs> if you were one of the people that's, that bought when it was $19 a share, you're doing even better. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, yes, you are. It's $17 a share as well. I'm, I've had some people reach out and say that they, they invested 5000 the day it was $17 a share. So <laughs> congrats to you. Hat tip. <laughs> yes. If you'd like to invest in a podcast, we, we can help you out. Reach out. Yeah. <laughs> Clip out crystal at gmail.com. Um, so... That's kind of cool, though, just to see yeah. that, like, in such a short time, totally that return on investment when it was just a few months ago that it was like people were like, "Oh, it's not going to go anywhere." Stock market doesn't it was get it. So dumb. They should have yeah. done it this soon. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Jokes on you, sucker. Of course. At the same time, that could all change next month. Who yeah. knows? That's the stock market. Stock market. Yeah. Fickle. We've talked about this uh, a few times in the past, but there's been some fundraisers that have been popping up. That uh, started with a guy by the name of Dan Primack, 
and uh, he what his first one was, was kind of when the coronavirus started. He's real involved with Axios and the world of venture capitalists and stuff. Yeah, like that. Yeah, he works for Axios, and yeah. um, and so the first one I think was for the food bank, the New York food bank. Yeah, it was. I think it was as uh, the coronavirus was yes. ramping up, yes. and people were having food stability issues. Yeah, and like right out of the gate, they raised like a hundred grand. Yeah, for for basically just like hey. Join us on this random ride and we'll donate X amount of dollars for every person who shows up. Yeah. And so right out of the gate, they had a hundred grand. Yeah. And um, then they just did another one. Yeah. For um, the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. Yes. And education. It and was- education. fund. Yeah. So we were just wanting to talk to him about what uh, what all that was about. So um, it's not a full fledged, you know, main interview of the week, but uh, we got him on the, the Skype phone for a couple minutes to kind of talk about who he is, how this started, where where all the money's coming from. Like, that's a lot of money to just all of a sudden. Absolutely. You know, like, not like we're investigating him, but just like, no, t- no. Tell us about Like, this. how does it work? <laughs> yeah. So uh, here's our conversation with him. So uh, joining us today via the magic of skype phone is Dan Primack. He is the business editor at Axios and author of the Daily Axios. I meant to ask how you say this one. Pro rata? Pro rata? You got it. Pro rata? Look at that. Uh, newsletter and its uh, companion podcast. He covers the world of deal makers across VC, PE, and M&A. And to show you how important those things are, I only know what one of them means. <laughs> So, hi, Dan. How are you? Good. How are you? Fantastic. Thanks for having me. So, you are you're the guy behind all of these uh, fundraisers that have been happening on Peloton. So, how did this happen? What got you started? Uh, Yeah, it was a happenstance, really. Kind of at the very beginning of the lockdowns, kind of the beginning of the pandemic back in March. uh, There's a guy named Mike Duda, who's a venture capitalist out of New York. Actually, I'm pretty sure was an early investor in Peloton back when it was a startup. Uh, He he invests in lots of things like that kind of consumer companies. He uh, he and I were kind of bored and we knew we each had bikes and and said, why don't we see just if we can get a couple of people to ride at the same time just to have some people to feel like we're doing something, anything with uh, and, and we just kind of threw out a tweet, like a single tweet, and we had, I believe, uh, five people. So it was very successful. Uh, so we had five people <laughs> ride a ride at the same time. And, and then we did it again a few days later, and we were up to like 30 people. And and my, I, I don't know if it was Mike or me we suggested. We were like, well, maybe we could actually try to blow this thing out a little bit and maybe raise some money. Um, and, and so we decided we were going to try to raise some money for the Greater New York City Food Bank, uh, given given the massive amounts of hunger, that, that particularly at the beginning of the pandemic. And so I do have a daily newsletter through Axios called Axios Parada, uh, which is read by you know investors and entrepreneurs, etc. There's about 130,000 readers on there. Uh, no idea how many of them have bikes. Uh, but we decided we'd promote it a little bit. And I reached out to some people. Mike reached out to some people we knew. Uh, Mike and I each said, you know what, we'll donate $5 each per rider. Will people match us? And some people matched us. Um, one guy, a guy named Chris Saka, who if anyone ever watches Shark Tank, he's the guy who often is on there wearing a cowboy shirt. He agreed to, to put in 50 grand so long as I posted an embarrassing picture of myself in bike shorts uh, sweating. Uh, on Twitter. So, which I thought was a good return on investment. So we uh, so we decided to do it. Uh, we ended up with 600 riders simultaneously you know again we we didn't want to pick a live ride or one that was you know a, a kind of an encore or something on the home page we wanted this to be something so we were pretty intentional about the one we picked it was old you know there wouldn't be many people riding it uh, outside for us 
so you could purposely gauge like how much impact you had. Right. We wanted to know how yeah. many people were actually riding for us and how many were random. And, and so we picked a ride, I think, at the time that was about five months old. There was like three people. We, we decided 11 a.m. Eastern uh, on a Saturday. Uh, there was like five people on it two minutes before 11 and then 11 came. And, and we ended up with about a little over 600 people riding, which we thought was massive and, and a huge success. And we raised yeah. you know over $100,000 and we were very happy with ourselves. Yeah, well, that you should be. And yeah. that's that's a fascinating uh, like metric for how you determine like, you know, how many of these people are for us and how many are just random. Like, have you ever thought about uh, parsing data for a living? <laughs> no, no. But, you know, we decided to we did a second one two weeks later. It was for frontline uh, medical workers in New York City. Specifically, it was a nonprofit tied to Wheel Cornell, which was providing child care and meals for frontline medical workers in New York. And that one we ended up with about 1,300 riders on, uh, and which we were really surprised. And Mike afterwards said, well, we're done now because we're not going to top that. We, we thought we were finished. Uh, yeah. That was a lot. Uh, we'd gotten more donors, and we didn't expect that we could get more. Uh, again, because we were pretty limited in the people we were telling it to. It was mostly through my social channels and, and through the newsletter. Uh, we weren't promoting it you know, beyond that. I think maybe Peloton had retweeted it or something. But um, I should also, by the way, mention just for this podcast, on the first one, among the people who decided to match the donations were John Foley, who's the CEO of Peloton, and then uh, then two of Peloton's board members happened to match on the first ride. And, and so then we did a second one, and then we took about two months off uh, until this past weekend. This past weekend, I'm pretty sure you guys broke a record. I've never seen that many people on an on-demand ride. So tell us what inspired you for that. There's a uh, reader of mine, but also a Peloton member uh, named Jillian Williams, uh, who is a venture capitalist in New York, who, who Jillian and I don't know each other, didn't know each other until a couple of days ago. Uh, on Monday morning, she sent me a, a direct message via Twitter uh, saying, you know, she said she had ridden the first two rides. Had we considered uh, doing a ride to in some way benefit the black community, given everything that was going on? And I hadn't. Again, we were done with these as far as I was concerned. So we didn't quite know what to do. Jillian and I kind of brainstormed some possible charities. I work at Axios, which is a journalism organization. So a couple of them were a little more political than, than we can necessarily do. But we, we settled on NAACP, Legal Defense and Education Fund. And so we thought, OK, let's let's try. Let's let's see what happens. No idea if we would even get donors, which is the first piece of this. So sent out a note to a couple people. We got some good responses. There's a venture capitalist named Hunter Walk who had been putting together a list of people who had been putting offering up matches uh, for various donors. So I reached out to some of those people off of his spreadsheet. And then we started getting some huge donations. We, we got a guy named John Helliger, who's a former Facebooker, now an investor. He offered just $100,000 flat. He just said $100,000. We then, Stu, uh, Stuart Butterfield, who's the CEO of Slack, and Jen Rubio, who's his wife, but she's the co-founder of Away, the luggage company. They offered us $50 per rider, which is an extraordinary Whoa. amount of people. Uh, John Foley, again, of Peloton, uh, offered $10 per rider. And but with all of these people, the assumption was we my hope was we would beat the last one. So maybe we'd get 2000 people. That was my hope. And that's what I told everybody. Maybe we'll get 2000. <laughs> that was the expectation. Well, um, and drum roll. How many people ended yeah. up on there? Yeah. What was the uh, final total? Uh, the final total was around 11,500, uh, give or take. <laughs> uh, I, I can't remember the exact number, but that's the number we're going with. And uh, yeah, I, I, you know, it's an interesting thing when you do these because people, I guess, theoretically, people can sign up alerts for themselves, obviously, you know, to remind themselves to do the class and set it up. But for me, for 
my vantage point, I can't see how many people are planning to do it really until almost the minute it begins because we ask people to all clip in at the exact same time. So I, I logged in, I think, at like 10.57 or 10.58 a.m., two or three minutes before. I saw a couple hundred people on there, and I thought, okay, these are probably our people. And then at 11, it, I, my first thought, honestly, was that there was software glitch, right? Or, or I clicked the wrong thing. <laughs> you know, the ride bikes go. There's the kind of, there's the here now and everyone who's ever taken the ride. And I thought I was on the wrong screen. Uh, and I was uh, it, it just jumped. You know, suddenly it was 7,000, 8,000. And really by 11.05, we're, we're at 11,000 people. Wow. So I guess my concern is for those people that match per rider, do they need help now? Are they homeless? Yeah. Uh, how is that working? I, I, I'll admit that I, I've done a lot of rides. Uh, th- this one I did not ride terribly hard. Honestly, I didn't pay any attention to metrics. I was mostly just panicking. Uh, <laughs> it's the only ride I've ever actually been texting on my phone during uh, pretty consistently. I, my legs were moving. Like there's like there, there's some numbers. I, I completed the ride, but I didn't do too well. Yeah, that was my concern because again, you, you tell people to expect two thousand, and they do the math right. in their own heads. And I, I was concerned for two reasons: one, for them, and then two, if they couldn't make it, then for the people who had ridden, who were riding for that reason. And and to be clear, some of the donors had capped. Uh, so you know, some of the donors said, sure. you know, we'll donate, you know, a dollar or five or ten dollars a rider to a certain number, which is reasonable, sure. right? Sure. Totally and that's reasonable. pretty. That's pretty standard on those match donation. Yeah. Yeah, programs like that's nothing fishy that's pretty normal but then some people hadn't uh and, and including Stuart <laughs> Butterfield and Jen Rubia so so when they're who had offered $50 a head and, and now you're talking <laughs> a lot of money yeah uh, you are you really are uh so I sent her a message uh shortly after we got off and explained the situation and said look we we ended up with 11,500 people you shouldn't feel obligated you know you you're, you're offering you know I'm sure whatever you're going to donate is going to be substantial don't feel obligated to this because I told you something very different than what we got right and uh, she she said, let me get back to you. Uh, Ten minutes later, she said, we're in for the full amount, which is, I believe. Wow. I'm talking off the top of my head now. I think it's something like $560,000. Holy wow. crap. Wow. Uh, something Jeez. that uh, John Foley, by the way, also same thing in for the full amount. He went in for, for about one hundred twenty thousand uh, dollars. I got a high five from him on the ride. <laughs> he's good, too. He's usually near the top of the leaderboard. He's pretty good. There was some guy who won it who's who's an avatar. And I don't no one's figured out who that person is yet. He, I think he's a robot. Uh, well, you know, people can change their bikes. Yeah. So I don't put much stock in who's at the top of the leaderboard. But... And they're probably scared to not let Foley be at the top of the leaderboard. <laughs> Yeah, I, I there's a guy who was like number four, number five in this ride. There's a guy named Pat Carnes uh, who's down in North Carolina. He's an investor. Uh, he won our first ride and came in second, the second one. So he he's a real person. I, I know for sure with a real bike. Uh, he was a, some sort of college athlete, but he posted a video after because I I sent a note saying how the hell do you get these numbers? He posted a video of he's got two little kids, like three and four, like cheering for him in a basement. So that's fantastic. That is that's, that's great. Funny. So are there more of these planned or are you just kind of like a, You're like, like afraid are you, to ever ask again are you like yeah. Batman where like Commissioner Gordon turns on the bat signal and then you come out of retirement to take these <laughs> I mean, on honestly, like I mean the hope is we don't need to right like I mean I, I'm sure yeah. we will I mean we, we've had kind of two back to back national crises and w- neither of which are resolved which are both obviously still ongoing right. but you know I have no idea this was uh, surprising we're still kind of trying to reverse engineer a little bit how it happened I, I'll tell you part of it seems to be Tunde put something up on her Instagram apparently on Friday which 
which I was unaware of. Alex apparently said he had a live ride the day before. He apparently said something during the live ride, uh, which again I was unaware of. And I think those things definitely drove people to it. Uh, and then there was some some social stuff that was going on. There's a, a group I was unaware of, which you guys probably know, the uh, Buns of Anarchy group, which is tied somehow to Barstool Sports. That got a lot of riders and a big donation. So um, yeah, uh, we might do another one. There's no plans, but that. I, there wasn't plans to do this one either until, you know, somebody sent me a message and, and we put it together. Well, if you do, be sure and let us know because, we you know, we can send that. We, we have a Peloton rider or two that listens. Yeah. And, uh, sure. We would be more than happy to distribute that information for you. Yes. No, and regardless, thank you for yes. doing this. This has been amazing and uh, such just it's just so cool to watch so many people come together and ride for that. I think so many people have been feeling like. What can I do? And this was something that that we could all show up and do. So so we did. We did show up. So the problem with 11,000 riders is it, like the first ride. My kid was standing next to the bike on a stool and she was trying to high five literally everybody. Uh, yesterday, she gave up. <laughs> So well, yeah, yeah, yeah. His child has carpal tunnel syndrome. Right. Yeah. It's really it's a tragedy. It's a, it's a shame. So, um, just real quick, like, so how long have you had your bike? How'd you come across the whole world of Peloton? Uh, I've had my bike for a while now. I probably three years. I think I want to say three or three or four years. Actually, four years. I guess I had a bike now. I don't remember how I first heard about it. I mean, I I cover startups as part of my job for a living, so I, I've known about Peloton for a while. I had known John in his or in his past life at Barnes and Noble pre pre Peloton. So I, I think I probably covered them when they first raised money at the very beginning of their life and it kind of followed them. I'm somebody who likes to bike, uh, but I'm also somebody who lives uh, in Massachusetts. And so our biking, outdoor biking season is very, very short. Uh, and so the <laughs> idea of actually being able to hop on a bike outside of that and not have to pay gym fee, it sounded like kind of a no brainer. And so it was a it was a, it was just a kind of a thing that made total sense for me to want to do. Awesome. Uh, and your leaderboard name is if you're if you want to share. It, yeah, it's changed because of these rides. So it's just Dan from Mac right now. We uh, <laughs> there was a, there was a, a better one, if I remember right. But everyone asked me to change it so they could find me. So it's just Dan from Mac. That makes sense. It yeah. Does. Well, thank you so much for for all you've been doing and and for taking time out of your day to join us. We yes. really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And before we go, where can people find you on the on the Internet and stuff like that? Sure. Uh, Axios.com, which is our website. We're kind of a news site that covers politics and business and sports even at this point. Uh, and also on Twitter at Dan Primack, P-R-I-M-A-C-K. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. We really appreciate it. Yes. Thank you. Well, awesome. And as he does more of these, or if he does more of these, we will have to be sure and uh, keep people posted. Definitely. And he does some of these on pretty short notice. So like they might not always make it into an episode, which is all the more reason to go to Facebook.com slash the clip out and like the page and join the group. Absolutely. Allie Love was featured in Well and Good this week. Yes, she was. Yeah, it was. She shared all of her the foods that she eats to fuel up for her workouts. Okay, and so there's some really healthy stuff in there. But what seems to crack people up, especially that don't ride with Allie a lot, is that uh, donuts. She's a huge fan of donuts. Um, and so she's like, doesn't need to be a special donut. Does It could just be a glazed donut. She's she's good with that anytime. But she doesn't indulge often. But when she does, she says she enjoys every bite. I was going to say, who would have thought that Allie Love and I would have something in common? <laughs> Until you said she doesn't indulge often. And then, and and then, then the it commonality. All, it all came to a screeching Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not Peloton related, but it's Peloton adjacent just in the world of fitness. Um, boy, how much does it suck to be the CEO or should I say former CEO of CrossFit? 
well, you know, you control your destiny. Yeah, you do. Like, I, I guess I shouldn't say it like that. I'm not trying to gin up sympathy for the dude. But uh, I feel I feel more sorry for the people who work for CrossFit and right. that, that they were caught off guard. Because it's like a franchise, isn't it? Like, I don't like, honestly, I don't know how the business aspect yeah, works. But there's lots of like other gyms that like gyms out there. there that, there's some kind of affiliation. Yeah, that are affiliated in some capacity. And and all of a sudden. Now they have to contend with that, and they have zero control over what that guy says. Oof. We should probably should we sit, touch on what he said if well, people don't know. Yeah, like I, I, I mean, I I'm not going to go into like a full yeah. thing about uh, every detail what he said, but I I guess that in general there were some comments made about um, that people were mourning the loss of George Floyd, and he indicated that CrossFit in general. His company was not mourning right. George Floyd and that he just downplayed it and gave the impression that it was no big deal. And yeah. it was very people were very insulted by that and very upset. And a lot of people changed their affiliations. Uh, there's a Facebook page that's called uh, Pelotoners Who CrossFit. And they're not called that anymore. Now Oof. they're now they're Pelotoners Who Lift Heavy. <laughs> I don't know how I ended up in that group because yeah. I don't. But, but I, I end up in a lot of Peloton groups that I don't necessarily do whatever they do right, but just, just to stay informed right and so that's a little nugget of the something that changed this week and, yeah. and it's happening everywhere gyms across the country have changed from crossfit to another name so wow. it's it's yeah very very fast <laughs> that is very fast mindbodygreen.com has an article about about what where to find african-american trainers and Yoga instructors? Yeah, yeah. And uh, the interesting thing is that several of the Peloton instructors were on this list. And so it's a great list. But even if it's not just Peloton that you're after, right? you're looking for fitness accounts that are inspiring and motivating and specifically that, you know, you might be looking for African-American accounts to follow. This is a great resource. I will say that they missed a couple of the newer trainers, like Adrian Williams is on there. Sure. Um, and there was somebody else they missed. Also, they spelled some names wrong, so I'm not responsible for that. <laughs> but I just thought it was an interesting little piece how they kind of quickly put all this together. And seventy, it's a list of 75, so for so many Peloton instructors to be on there, right. clearly the person, the senior health editor of the MBG movement, rides Peloton. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or is very aware. Getting this psychological edge with Dr. Jen. So we're very excited to introduce a new segment. Is uh, This might be our first official segment that we I, intend to be ongoing. I think it is. Other than interviews, of course. So joining us today is Dr. Jen Mann, licensed marriage, family, and child therapist and sports psychology consultant. You may know her from VH1's Couple Therapy with Dr. Jen or VH1's Family Therapy with Dr. Jen, her long-running radio show, and she's written four best-selling books, including The Relationship Fix, Dr. Jen's Six-Step Guide to Improving Communication, Connection, and Intimacy. Dr. Jen, hi. You began life as an interview. In the television world, they would call that a backdoor pilot. <laughs> Um, but we didn't have that much forethought <laughs> or arrogance to think that she would join us regularly. But uh, Dr. Jen Mann is joining us. Hello. Yay. Hello. Oh, well, honored to be here. And, you know, I am Peloton obsessed and I love your podcast. So 
here we are together and will be for every week, which I'm really excited about. Oh, I am too. As so are we. excited. We, we, you know, I shouldn't say we, you and Crystal got to talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She tried to talk to you. You won't talk back. Well, after last time. Well, because I think you're afraid that I'm going to try to get you on the tread or the bike. <laughs> well, if you think I'm afraid, that's where you're right. But <laughs> I, uh, but yeah, so um, you guys got to talking. Yeah. And, she, you know, you have this wonderful, you're, you're a sports psychologist. You know a lot about that. And it just, and that fits a lot with the psychology that goes into getting yourself to exercise and the hurdles that that entails. And it just seemed like a natural fit. So we're very excited. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, I'm very excited to be here and to get to do this with you guys and to, you know, get to connect with the Peloton community because I'm all about Peloton. <laughs> Yay. So uh, each week we will have just a different segment with a different topic. I guess we should maybe even throw out there if someone has a topic idea, they should shoot it to us. Yeah, that's a good idea. So they. Order. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so, so for week one, since everyone is still dealing with the coronavirus pandemic that's going on we thought we would talk about quarantine resolutions and what to do with yourself during this time and look i am a big proponent of quarantine illusions that <laughs> <laughs> is a really positive spin on a really negative scary thing that we are all going through and a lot of us made resolutions we went into 2020 so optimistic <laughs> we had no idea that Stephen King was going right. to write 2020 for us yes we were so young but <laughs> we were we were so fresh and <laughs> wide eyed and naive and you know we were hit with the pandemic and a lot of the new year's resolutions we made in January like I know for me one of my resolutions was to run 5k that I've been training on my Peloton and, and getting my head in the right space. I ran one and then we had a pandemic. And after I'd run the first one, I was like, I'm going to run one a month. But now that's just not possible. <laughs> so I think that there are a lot of people, especially Peloton people that had active fitness outdoorsy goals that they were going to do, among other things that now everything has to change. So I really encourage people to kind of do a, we're now in June, we're mid-year, this is a good time to make some new resolutions, call them quarantine illusions if you like, if not, that's cool too, <laughs> but it's time to kind of reassess, given the current circumstances, what are your goals? And look, your goals may be to learn something different, maybe to learn a new skill. For example, I've been learning to cook since we've been in quarantine. Like that is totally new for me. I actually learned how to use a drill. I hung something <laughs> and drilled it into the wall. For me, that was a huge accomplishment. Crystal did that too. I did that too. <laughs> don't, don't you feel like power woman I, of the century? I did. And I'm very excited that there's blackout curtains in my room now. <laughs> it's awesome. It's really great. But I think that a lot of the, the things that we were focused on before have shifted. And I think also our priorities have shifted. Your priorities may now be to spend more time with your family. It may be to get a new job because you've been furloughed or you've been laid off. So I think that we really have to kind of reassess now that we are mid-year in the midst of a pandemic, where do we want to be six months from now? Where do we want to be in December? And what? how do we want to be at the end of this pandemic at the end of this quarantine, when we look in the mirror, what is going to make us feel satisfied 
and proud of ourselves. So so how do you start that? Like, you know, you brought up some really good points. Maybe somebody's furloughed and they were trying to stay in shape, but now they're feeling depressed and it's really hard to eat well when yep. you're depressed. So like if you're feeling overwhelmed and you, you have all these things you want to do, where do you start? Well, I think that, first of all, to kind of do a temperature check on yourself. You bring up a great point. There are a lot of people right now who are really depressed, who are really struggling with anxiety, for whom some huge ambitious goal is only going to make you feel terrible. And anytime we're making goals, and I've done a lot of studying of goal setting and the psychology behind it, what we really want to do, and Tom, I also want to put in a little reminder there to you, because one of my goals is to get you more active is to make small manageable goals. Because what what tends to happen is that people make goals of, let's say you're new to Peloton, like I'm going to work out an hour a day, seven days a week. No, you're not. <laughs> like, first of all, even if you do that, you're going to injure yourself. It's going to be torturous and you're not going to want to continue. It's not a good place to start at. But if you say, I'm going to do, I'm going to work out, do 20, do two 20 minute walk classes a week, you're going to meet that goal. Like that's almost hard not to, or maybe even 10 minutes or five minutes if that's too ambitious, but it's better you make goals that you know are doable and then build on them. Cause then you start to go, Oh, I'm someone who meets her goals. I, I can do, I did that 20 minutes. Okay. Now I'm going to do 30 minutes instead of 20, or I'm going to add one other 20 minute day. So it's really making small manageable goals, but knowing where you are. And if you are someone who right now is struggling with depression, with anxiety, the first thing you want to do is get yourself help. You want to get yourself support there. Most therapists are doing online therapy. There are a lot of counseling centers and uh, hotlines who are offering teletherapy for low fee or no cost. If you're someone who's been furloughed or is has lost their job, that there are mental health options out there that that are free. So that's to start with. And if you are someone who is in a bad state, but maybe it's not such a bad state that you need in-depth therapy, making goals that will help you get out of that, that maybe right now is not the time to make these kind of self-transformation goals, but maybe your goal is to get out of bed every day and take a shower. Maybe your goal is to call one girlfriend who's really supportive each day when you're not feeling like picking up the phone and connecting with someone, but the isolation is harming you. So really kind of taking your temperature, seeing where you're at. And if you're in a better state than that, where you are ready to make goals, think of it categorically. Okay, what are my work goals? What are my health and fitness goals? What are my self-improvement goals in terms of emotion and psychology and, and, and that kind of stuff? If you're a parent, what are my parenting goals? If you're in a relationship, what are my relationship goals? And I'm a really big believer in couples setting relationship goals and making like couples resolutions. Because mm. I think it really helped bond a couple and it helps us think of our relationship a little bit differently. Interesting. I think our relationship is so good. We don't need resolutions. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I'm at on our relationship. Do you not feel our relationship? Is a- are no, you I'm- saying that, are you saying that we can't ever get better, Tom? <laughs> 
so I had a quick question. Um, you were talking about uh, online resources that were low cost or possibly free. Is there kind of a central clearinghouse where someone could find something like that or a keyword they could Google? Well, you know, normally what I recommend people Google is mental health clinics and their area that they live in sure. because that's where you can usually find a mental health clinic and then you want to check in with your mental health clinic that's local and say hey are you offering teletherapy most are at this point and usually based on your ability to pay or else it can oftentimes be free um i keep seeing things pop up on my feed and look granted i'm always googling about mental health issues especially for my in style magazine column hump day with dr jen so i get a lot of kind of alerts of that stuff so i know that they are out there and that they are available there's also i know there are some that are disaster relief related so you may want to google mental health services disaster relief or covid or those kind of specifics but I know that they are out there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for joining us and telling us all about that. And we look forward to having many more of these sorts of conversations. Me too. And uh, where can people find you on the interwebs? People can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat at Dr. Jen Man. Two ends on Jen, two ends on Man, and Dr. Dr. Not spelled out. And you can also find me on my website, spelled out dr jen d-o-c-t-o-r-j-e-double-n.com awesome Peloton's in an Oreo commercial yeah just uh somebody dropped this on our uh on our Facebook group right the clip out Facebook group and uh it looks like a Peloton I think it is it's a YouTube video it's clearly taken from the COVID era it's like people you know doing stuff at home with their Oreos and right. it's all these different like little little snippets from each different household and uh like the second or third one boom right there front and center is a Peloton oh yeah there it is I'm watching it right now I just thought that's cool I just thought Peloton was inspired by us somehow. Yeah, I don't think so. Because if you think about it, like you're kind of like Peloton. Yeah. And I'm kind of like an Oreo cookie. <laughs> you eat Oreo cookies. Yeah. I don't know that you're like an Oreo cookie. Well, I don't know. I'm round. <laughs> Creamy. <laughs> I think you should stop. Okay. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> So that was fun that it was in an Oreo commercial. Yeah, totally. That was cool. And as the fitness craze continues, kettlebells are getting difficult to find. I mean, not just difficult. I, I, Susie Barris sent this to me, uh, who former guest on right. our show. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> this article is just funny. Like people need to take the time to read this just because it's humorous. There's people that are that are desperate to get kettlebells in New York City, and they're like back alley deals happening to get these kettlebells like it is legit hard to find and it's really this it's just a funny article because it's like it details how desperate people are to get their hands on kettlebells um and i saw that uh that john mills also posted this over on run lift and live and uh he, he's so funny when he posts stuff he always has something to say yeah. and his his he was very amusing because he said, oh, I had I had no idea kettlebells were this popular. Like, <laughs> I didn't either, John. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not that different than a than an actual like weight. I mean, they, they have a handle on it, which makes it easier to swing. Right. But that's just more for ergonomics. Like you could do it right. without it. 
I don't know. I've never really been into kettlebells, so <laughs> I don't know. But apparently lots of people are and they are desperate to get their hands on them. I guess there's probably it's probably not the sort of piece of fitness equipment that they really like make tons of. Like if you I walk don't know. into the there was st- a whole fate. There was like a craze like four years ago and they went nuts and yeah. kettlebells were everywhere. And so I, I don't know. Uh, well, there's probably lots of people sitting around with an unused kettlebell. <laughs> well, now there, is your chance to get yeah. rid of them. Yeah. If there was a craze four years ago, then it's probably a good number of people that have moved on from that craze. So if you've got a dusty kettlebell, <laughs> this is your time to shine. It is. <laughs> you get yourself over to the Craigslist. Yeah. Be careful if you yeah. do. I don't think they let you do that kind of stuff on Craigslist. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but in all sincerity, there's some there's some buying and selling to be had if you have them. So take advantage. Have at it. There is a brand new artist series. Yes. Uh, transgender artist and producer D. Smith is going to be highlighted in a ride with uh, Tune Day. And looks like that actually took place yesterday. Uh, so that was yesterday evening. And then there's going to be there was a run with Jess Sims on Monday. Uh, that was also all featuring D. Smith. Awesome. And that's for part of uh, Pride Month. It's Pride Month. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. With so much going on, I guess it's easy to forget. I forgot to mention that part of it. But yes, it is Pride Month all month long. Boy, this quest badge just keeps trickling out information, <laughs> doesn't it? Well, I had to I had to like come full circle because I had said like there wasn't a badge for getting all four. Right. And then like the next day I was on the bike and I was like, oh. Look at that. <laughs> there is a badge. And apparently while I was on the ride, an email came out and so many of our lovely listeners <laughs> reached out to me and they were like, Crystal, here's the badge. <laughs> and thank you all for telling me that. So sweet. But um, you get a silver one for doing all four gotcha. of, the, of the week. So each one was like a green leaf and it had the number of circles, the weeks that you took. And if you did all four, you got a special email with a special badge. Ta-da. Yes. The summer line is almost upon us. Yes. A little birdie told me to expect it on Saturday. Awesome. So that'll be the day after this comes out. It will. For people that listen. Yes. On the day it comes out. Yes. And for anybody wanting to know what time, I don't know. Like, I can't be greedy. I'm getting the information right. that it's going to be on Saturday. I can't I can't expect more than that. <laughs> and, and it's just a rumor, you know? Right. You never know. So who knows? Ricky Martin is getting spotlighted, spotlit, <laughs> spotlighted. Where do you, how do you conjugate, conjugate that? Uh, he's going to be featured. There we go. He's going to be featured. <laughs> yes. Another artist series coming up fast. Uh, we're hitting it hard at Pride Month. I think they're trying to squeeze it in because there were so many classes that they, they couldn't get in in the first week of June right. and understandably uh, with everything going on. So this week. There's going to be on Friday the 12th, so probably right out if you've listened to this right away, you'll maybe hear it and hop on. It's going to be 6 p.m. Eastern, and then Ross Rayburn is doing a yoga flow to Ricky Martin uh, on Saturday at 8.30 a.m. Eastern. Uh, And Cody Rigsby is the one teaching the ride on Friday. People are super excited about that. Cody and Ricky Martin, that's a good, good combo. So is Ross Rayburn. So uh, someone reached out to you to make sure that you were aware of a ride and stretch? Yeah, well, what it is is that uh, 
<laughs> Sorry, I, this is what happens when I cut and paste, guys. Uh, <laughs> they were trying to tell me that there that was it, Eric Jaeger's first English ride because he's one of our German instructors. Okay, and so. Um, I should have known because uh, he has an umlaut in his name. So he's either a German instructor or he really likes heavy metal. <laughs> well, uh, he is one of our German instructors. And a while back, you might remember that Irene Schultz had her first English ride. And this was Eric's. And so um, there was a ride and there was a stretch like on demand gotcha. that you could take afterwards. But both were in English. So if you haven't had a chance to take any of Eric's classes because you don't speak German and maybe you're a little uncomfortable with that because it's hard to follow. Sure. You know, if you do, you're not following the language, this is your opportunity to try out a class with Eric. So I was just making sure people knew. Okay. And finally, uh, there was a half marathon treadmill record set by John Ranieri. Am I saying that right? I don't know how you say his name. I don't I don't know him. Uh, Somebody sent this to me and um, I just man, there is nothing worse than when you buy a pair of sunglasses and then you lose or break them. I would agree. So what do we do about that? Well, that's where Gooder comes in. Their sunglasses are $25 each. So nobody likes to throw away $25, but it's a lot better than throwing away 100 or more dollars on a pair of broken sunglasses, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I have to say that's not my favorite part about Gooder. My favorite part about Gooder is that when I run, they don't slip, they don't bounce, and they're 100% polarized. Um, and they also come in like a million different colors and styles for your $25 you're not sacrificing comfort safety or style if you want to support the show and pick up a pair gooder is giving the clip out listeners free shipping on their first order just go to gooder.com slash tco that's g-o-o-d-r.com and use code tco to get free shipping gooder offers a 30 day money back guarantee and 100% satisfaction. Find your pair at gooder.com slash TCO and use code TCO to get free shipping. If you're looking to avoid carbs, it's always a challenge trying to find bread that fits in with your keto lifestyle. Right, because you want to make sure that it tastes good and you want to make sure it has good ingredients. So I think Hero Bread does both. Especially when you're in the store, you are overwhelmed with bread choices. Yes. And I've had other breads before that claim to have low net carbs and you are certainly sacrificing taste texture size yes none of that with hero bread no because sometimes on the ones that have the low net carbs they have like no substance to it (laughs) it's like eating air it is and hero bread actually really tasted good and it felt like a solid piece of bread like i did not feel like i was giving up something i was surprised at how big each slice of bread was here's the real test of a piece of bread (laughs) i didn't make a sandwich with these I just had toast. Which you love because you have toast almost every day. I do. It was the (laughs) best textured bread of this sort that I've ever had. And if you're doing the math, it's zero to one grams of net carbs, zero gram sugar, and high in fiber. So don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use code TCO at checkout. That's TCO at H-E-R-O dot CO. Wanted to make sure I mentioned it because we had talked about the ultra marathon that had that a new record had been set right. on a treadmill and it was a Nordic track treadmill and somebody sent this to me. This was a new half marathon record 
on a treadmill. And this um, John Ranieri, if that's how you say his name, he achieved a pace of four minutes and 49 seconds per mile. But here's the kicker at 7000 feet. Wow. And he did all this on a Peloton tread. Yes. So all on a Peloton tread. We need this guy to go do a full marathon. He needs to do an ultra marathon an to ultra beat that mar- other guy. Right. So he can take the record away from, from a Nordatrack treadmill. Right. Yes. So get on that. Yeah. Hop to it, John. You make it look so easy. <laughs> but that's pretty cool. So thank you for sharing that, guys. Checking in with the Peloton community. So uh, joining us today via the magic of Skypephone is Carrie Gormley. Hey, Carrie, how's it going? It's going really well. Thank you for having me. Hi, Hi. Crystal. Hi, Tom. This is, we should say, in the interest of full disclosure, this is like part two. Yeah. Because you recently had us on your podcast. I did. It was really exciting because before I bought my Peloton bike, I joined a Facebook group and then saw Crystal's post that there was a podcast. I was like, wow. <laughs> so I started listening. I was really excited. I'm like, of course there's a Peloton podcast. <laughs> and I started listening and um, gosh, this was back in July and I got when I got my bike in 2019 and I got up to date by listening to a ton of episodes. So I felt like you guys were kind of like my Peloton friends already. And I thought, well, why not come on my podcast? And then Crystal was going to come on and then Tom was helping with something. It's like, why don't you come on too? I'm like, okay. And you were exactly the way I expected you to be. We we don't know how to be any way else, any other way. It's my only setting. (laughs) That's so true. So, well, you said you got your bike back at last July. How did you originally hear about it? What made you decide now is the time to get Peloton? Yeah, well, I first learned about it. I think it was it was really early days. It was 2016 and I had heard about it. And then I was at a friend's apartment in New York City. And I said, is that that Peloton bike? And she showed me and she was showing me the classes and she showed me Cody then. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, he is cute. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that's cool. But I, I had gone to spinning classes at where I work out and I really enjoyed them. But I, I always kind of felt like I was a group fitness person. And but then I, every time I was at a hotel, I would ride the Peloton and ride with Cody and loved it. And after the third hotel, different hotel and riding with Cody, I thought like, that's it. I'm getting it. Yes, I can go to classes, but I'm getting this. And now the whole family uses it. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Not so much in my house. So I am jealous of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you say the whole family uses it, uh, like how how big is that family? How many people are we talking? Are you like the Duggars? (laughs) Get a tandem Peloton. That's so dumb. Um, no, all three of okay. us. So my son and my husband has just started and and me. So did you have to uh, buy separate shoes for everybody or do they use the cages or? Uh, yes. Okay. She's nodding. So I got the cages, which are, I do not recommend getting the cages. They were very, yeah. Peloton does so many things well. I would not say that's one of them. That's about the the least. I mean, there's so many great things about Peloton. That's the only thing it's been like eh, about. But yeah, so we got shoes, and my son loves it <laughs> when he actually clips in. It feels so satisfying to him. <laughs> and, and I'll say to him, William, you need to savor this, and then I'll hear, "I've got to savor this." <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> That's awesome. So, um, so I, I'm sorry if you said it. How old is your son? Is that against the rules too? He's, He's 12. 12. No, no. Oh no, I wasn't trying to call you, get you in trouble. I was just curious. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've seen I've seen lots of kids ages. I mean, they recommend that you're uh, 13 and up, I think. But, um, you know, I think the important thing is that you can have a good fit on the bike. That's what they're really looking for. So, I mean, if he's if he's enjoying it and using it, you're you're all good there. Yeah, I was just curious because that's that sounds like something Brian, my son, would say. He's 15. Yes, it does. And so <laughs> I just he's always talking about certain things or like the video games, like the phone video games. And, yes. and he'll talk about like. Oh, it's so satisfying when all the things do this thing. Like, it's, I'm like, I don't. I'm like, is that like a teenager thing? Is that like, I don't know where they're getting that from. I don't either. Kids are weird. Kids, teenagers. Are weird. <laughs> yes. Yes, because how old is your your daughter, Crystal? Yes, so she's thirteen. She'll be fourteen in October, and uh, yeah, I actually feel like she's nicer now than she was at ten. So ten was ten and eleven were rough, real rough. So <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. That yeah. she's nicer now. Than yeah, then. yeah. <laughs> she was ahead of her time. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting times. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. I'm just glad as we're quarantining that, that they're old enough to occupy themselves. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I can't. Yes. I don't uh, I would not function well if I had to do all this working from home. Yeah. And there were like little little kids. I mean, my hat's off to all the, the parents. Double the duty. Little, yeah, I know. Because I, I, we're just like, you know, you got to going to have to keep that screen time to about 20 hours yeah. a day. <laughs> Like that. <laughs> yeah, I hate to crack down like this, but you know, got to be a parent than a friend. You know, exactly. <laughs> Sad but true. Yeah, it's uh, it's been something I'm so thankful to that I got the Peloton in July. Yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, who knew? It's been a lifesaver. It's actually since the quarantine that my husband's finally getting on the bike, and then um, it's wonderful too to be able to stream it to the the big TV and to do classes together and. Yeah, we're really happy that we have so it. So how were you uh, keeping active before Peloton? Like, I know you said that you would do classes when you were traveling at hotels, but like, did you have like a regular workout program that you did before you found Peloton? Yes, I actually was a, a big runner from, gosh, about 2011 until 2017-ish or so. And I've run six marathons and my podcast used to be focused on running and then I, I do something called Balanced Athlete, which is kind of sort of like CrossFit, but it's not CrossFit. I've found when I've gone, it's been a lot about the reps and not necessarily about the form. And Balanced Athlete is very much about the form. So I would do that. And then I also, when I came to cardio, I really wasn't doing a ton of cardio. It was just a little bit. And then also like going for, for walks, I really backed off on the cardio and but I really missed it. And so it was great to be able to get that endorphin high really quickly on the bike and then also not get injured because I would get injured frequently. And um, I didn't realize how much I missed the cardio until I got on the bike and I was like, yes, this is, it's like turning on your brain. I mean, it's science. Yeah. It's, they call it, yeah, BDNF, the miracle grow for your brain. And um, it's amazing how much clearer I feel and how much more efficient. Is that something you find too, Crystal? Absolutely. I am a much happier person with cardio. It's uh it's funny just working out in general, I would say, but, but I find that I have to focus in a very different way whenever I do like when I do with the tonal programs I have to be completely 
focused on what I'm doing to not hurt myself. I mean, a few weeks ago, I had hurt my back because I was doing a goblet squat and I, I don't think I was 100% in the game, you know, and, and I just wasn't really yeah. watching yes. my form all as well as I probably should have been. And uh, I really have to to stay focused. And I but I I love it because I love the way I feel after I do strength workouts. But I love the way I feel when I'm doing cardio. Like I am in I. I it's like a joyful thing to be on the bike. I don't feel necessarily joyful yeah. when I'm doing a strength workout. But I love how I feel after I'm done with the strength workout. So it's very interesting that I can yeah. feel that way. <laughs> That's actually I'm I'm, I'm curious about tone because. I love strength training in a group because the instructors know my weaknesses and so forth. And so they're on me. And that always kind of made me afraid where I was not afraid, but I felt like I had someone watching me and you don't have that if I'm doing, you know, a core class with um, Peloton. And I wonder with the tonal, are they able to see your form somehow through it and say, no, they don't. Um, But there's a, there's kind of like, a couple of things that I think really help with that. One, you're seeing their form. So you're always able to see what they're doing. And two, when you're going through it, they're giving you cues the whole time. So like, let's say you're, I don't know, doing a deadlift and you're lifting it really fast, but you're also kind of throwing it down really fast. The AI behind it will be like, lower it at a four count and pull up really quickly. Like it tells you that it picks up on that. So that's one way that they correct your form. The other way that I would say that is that they have all of these like really broken down moments. So, for example, um, in their Facebook group, one of the things I really love about their community is similar to to Peloton in that if you're stuck on something, they will help you. But they have started this regular feature with what they do is that you have you submit a video of how you're doing an exercise and then they call it like form and five where they'll break down the exact move you're doing, and they will correct your form uh, through video. So if you are stuck on something, they are really open to helping, very, very accessible. And I love that because I really struggle with, yeah. with like overhead movements. Those are those are really hard for me. And so it's been it's yes. been super helpful to have that. And like you were saying about the program you were using for strength, they focus on the number of reps and your form together. So like you're going to do 10 reps, but if it, if you can't finish it, it automatically lowers the weight for you one pound at a time until you can complete that rep so that you can do it safely. And I really, oh. really love that. Yeah. Wow. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's wow. That sounds great. Well, did you guys announce your winner yet for Tono? No, no. We have not because as Ooh. as we're recording this, it the the contest, the way we set it up, still has a few hours left for people to enter. Yeah. So we were letting okay. it run out. We'll announce it tomorrow on our Zoom call. Yes. So Good. Okay. Well, then I'll answer a few more questions so I can get yeah. a couple more <laughs> You yeah. still have time yeah. as of the, by the time people are hearing this. Yes. Yes. This will, will be in the right, future right. when people hear yeah, it. So. It will be long gone, which is, <laughs> we should say so we don't get anybody excited. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that is true. <laughs> are, are they... Yeah, are they having problems keeping them in stock? Kind of like with I heard Peloton's having a challenge right yeah, now. With the bike. I don't know if that's still true. Their but. sales have been through the roof, um, and and I think that's across all connected fitness because I know Fight Camp is having the same thing. Yeah. Like it's just like everybody we talk to is just like they are selling like hotcakes. It's been so busy. We had a report last week that somebody actually bought an Echelon. <laughs> 
do you know my husband and son were like why don't you check out this one and we're like well we saw that one i'm like no <laughs> no no you're right carrie you're, you're no. like you can get an echelon or you can be married to me but you're not going to do both <laughs> it's so funny i want cody it's so funny everybody at work laughs at me because like i'm like yes there's lots of Great competitors, alternatives to Peloton, but Echelon's not one of them. Like, if you're going to get a different bike, you're not going to hear a complaint from me unless it's Echelon and then I'm mad. Right. Like, this is the worst opportunity for you. You need, if you want to have an alternative for Peloton, then there are so many options, but that is a crappy one and you need to walk away. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, so you you were doing all these other workouts. And how about how about your son and your husband? Were they working out as well before all this? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, it's kind of funny when my husband and I started dating, I was not a runner, but I wanted to be a runner. And we used to run together and I was trying to impress him. This was back in, gosh, 2003. And he would motivate me. And fast forward, we ran a half marathon together. Um, And he's always been an active, yeah, active guy. Um, The thing is for him, he was in ROTC and he does not want to be yelled at. He's not really into group fitness. So he's one of these highly like regimented people. He's a person where you don't need to like get him to do something. He finished the year one saying, yeah, I did 10,000 steps every day. I'm like, what? <laughs> and our, our, our son, okay, he's, yeah, you do not need to push the man at all. <laughs> and um, our son, he is hopefully getting his black belt next oh, month. Nice. It's supposed to be the big ceremony. Who knows what's oh, happening gosh. with that? But our son, yeah. Yeah, I they haven't made an announcement yet, but here schools are closed and the big black belt spectacular was supposed to be held at a school. So who who knows? But yeah, there we've always been active. It's just the Peloton now is a way to connect and my son is on it more than I am. I mean, I I have to say like Hey, William, I'm going to be going on a live ride in 10 minutes, so you're going to need to get on. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Um, So speaking of your podcast that you mentioned earlier, and tell us about that. Tell us the name of it and where we can find it and how it's how like what was the inspiration? Because you said it went from running and it's kind of it's more shifted gears, shifted a little. Yeah, what a great analogy. It's literally shifted gears. Um, I lived in Sweden for five years and I was in a a really um, bad relationship. I I didn't realize it at the time, but it was definitely emotionally abusive relationship and verbally abusive, not physically. And I was, gosh, I just felt like I was like beaten down and I started losing weight and and started running. This was when I was in Sweden. I went and joined Weight Watchers and I felt so empowered and so much more confident. And finally, and it was one of these things where it was brewing for years and finally enough was enough. And I left him, took a trip around the world by myself and came back to the U.S. And at the time, um, I was still in tech sales like I had been in Sweden. And but I really wanted to help people get healthier because I saw what had happened for me. And fast forward, what happened was I left the tech arena and went and became a facilitator for Weight Watchers in the U.S. And so what they do is you can go to a center, a public center, and they have meetings where you actually go to, say, a government office. I was living in Northern Virginia then. 
you go or to any type of office. There were a lot of schools I went to, law firms, government agencies, and do the meeting there. And I absolutely loved it Place, because I'm, I got... I was thinking, I'm, I'm oh, like, go it's ahead. funny. They're all places where people sit for a living. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yes. I just find that interesting. But yes. it's like Yeah, right. And they're actually, it's kind of interesting that you should say that because they say, you know, like sitting is the new smoking. But now it's kind of interesting how my podcast and I went and started podcasting, how it morphed, because they're actually saying that, that loneliness is the new smoking, huh. that you are you're worse off being lonely than you are being a smoker. Huh. I definitely think that there is some truth to that though well yeah. yeah i mean i definitely think i mean being lonely is hard and it's absolutely yeah. it's i mean it can make people depressed and, yeah and if you're if you feel depressed you're not going to be active and if you're not active then that makes feeling the depression it even just, worse it just builds on itself yeah <laughs> but i kind of derailed this real quick so you were talking about uh you you became a weight watcher facilitator and you're going to all these <laughs> office buildings Yes, these places. Yeah, and then we moved to uh, to Delaware when I was pregnant, and so then I, after I had my son, kept on doing meetings, and then I started running marathons, and and then my my beliefs about nutrition and the research was changing compared to what Weight Watchers were saying, and they've since changed it, but it didn't. I've been doing it for seven years. Also, I didn't. I, it wasn't consistent with what the research was saying, and and I mean, it's a massive corporation, so to change things is is hard. And so at that point, I had been listening to podcasts while I was trained for marathons. I thought, you know what? I want to do my own thing, talk about exactly what I want to talk about. And so I went off and had my podcast. And it was it started in 2014, right before Serial was released. Right. So it was a really totally. great time to release a podcast. Yeah, definitely. Before everyone and their brother yeah. had yeah. one, um, too. And um, so what was... I don't know if that was Alexa. We have a... <laughs> my, my son has many Alexas. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> anyway, um, it's probably trying so yeah, to play so cereal right called, now. Um, the Running Lifestyle Show, and it was a really great opportunity. It's been a wonderful opportunity to meet people, as you know, people who normally wouldn't meet to meet new friends. I also, <laughs> I really don't know what I that think, is. I think I um, think Tom's right. I think it's trying to play cereal. I heard you say that, and it's trying to play it. You know, I'm going to disconnect it. Okay, it's okay. off. Okay, <laughs> there we go. Uh, yes, so the podcast. So it was great because I was able to run some marathons with a famous runner named Dean Carnassus. We partnered together with the charity he was running for, and I ran three marathons in six weeks and had Jeff Galloway as a coach and got to do some really neat things. But then things changed over time and marathon running. I had done six. It just my body was saying time out. This is not lining up. And what happened is I had found myself. First of all, I called it the running lifestyle show because I had so many interests and just to talk about running wasn't enough. And and on the podcast, there is a woman. Her name is Serena Marie R.D. And she was on bringing in nutrition advice every week. And we ran the marathons, not physically together, but we both ran Chicago, New York for this charity action for healthy kids. And what happened was the following fall, I was in a depression. And of course, there's medication. Of course, there's therapy. Of course, you know, exercise is good for you, but there had to be something else. And that's when I found the science of positive psychology. And what that is, is one of the, the famous researchers in depression. His name is Dr. Martin Seligman. 
he had actually done research back in the 60s about learn helplessness, which basically means like, why should I keep on trying? Because I'm just going to get knocked down again. And when he was becoming the president of the American Psychological Association in the late 90s, he said, you know what? We put all this money into research to help people who are south and neutral get to neutral. And absolutely, you need to do this. And how do you help people live the good life? And can you research certain skills and certain practices to help people go from south and neutral to neutral north and do these at the same time? So can you basically almost take vitamins and do things which relationships are huge for this? So you can manage anxiety better and, and prevent depression and help get through depression. It's a descriptive science. It's not a prescriptive, but it's been incredible. And it's been super helpful during this time of COVID of how to to work through it and how to basically to work with um kind of like mental fitness, really. Wow. So what is the name of your podcast now since you've kind of changed subjects a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So what it's now called the flourishing experiment. So you can find it in all the podcast apps since under the flourishing experiment. And so the first 250 episodes was when it was called the running lifestyle show. But if you just look up the flourishing experiment, you can get all of those. And then the next, I think it's around like 285 or so, I think. And there's a lot of positive psychology in there because as I was going through the program in 2017, 18, 19, and now I'm bringing that, th- those things in as soon as I learn them because I'm like, oh my gosh, everyone needs to know about this. This is so good. <laughs> That's awesome. It seems like uh, when we talked before on your podcast and in this conversation, it seems like you are able to apply things in every situation, whether it's about exercise or it's about uh, just what's going on in the world, you're able to apply what you're learning, what you have learned rather. And uh, that's really cool. That's neat to be able to apply it to so many different things. It is. When you said one is a descriptive science and one's a prescriptive science, what what does that mean? So when we think of like prescriptive science, we think of kind of like psychiatry or things that you can make a prescription for where this is descriptive, like do this exercise or when you're, uh, for instance, if you're working on communication and someone's done something that you want to say, please don't do this, the practice you would do, that would be more descriptive rather than a prescription. Like when you're mad at okay. someone, you know, this is a prescription. You gotcha. I like that. Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm, there are certainly times when people need oh, medicine. Oh, yeah, or not absolutely. medicine No, not at all. But people do jump to it awful quickly sometimes. Absolutely. I think I think a healthy mix of of both is is the way to go. Yeah. You know, if you can if you can, like you said, work through things without medicine. I mean, that's my preference personally. Right. I'm not against medicine, but I would certainly like to be able to cope with the external factors that are occurring and find better ways to do that than just jump straight to, oh, let's just take some medicine. I don't want to feel anything. <laughs> yeah, they are quick to throw that around sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. Both yeah, have their sometimes. places. And it doesn't... Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't always work. And and these are it's about like building an even bigger toolbox, really. And I think the one thing and and a lot of the Peloton instructors, I get really excited when I hear them say certain things I'm like, oh, I know what they're doing or this is there's research behind what they just said is one of the best things is having a gratitude journal, because when you are writing something down that you're grateful for, it's hard to be ticked off or to be worried. 
That makes sense. Yeah, it, it's been when I look back on on my journey and well, like when you have about a depression, you're more likely to have another one. I can see a big connection between a gratitude journal practice and not having one because you're going back to, hey, this worked or what about this or what about that? And and really being present. And I know you're a fellow big fan of Brene Brown. Yes, definitely. And her work is incredible. I love her. I'm so glad that she's also a fellow Peloton writer. I know. That's so cool. So, so many wonderful people joining the Peloton community. It's so neat. <laughs> we'll have to get her on. Yeah. How hard could it be? I'm yes. sure. I'm sure she's like going to be like, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should have a, well, a Peloton podcasters group and, you know, she would be in it, of course, because she is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be great, but <laughs> I don't know how to reach her, but could, if we could, that would be amazing. We would, we would pencil her in. Yeah. 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 You don't look too eager. Right, you right. Know? Yeah. Let me look at my schedule <laughs> and we'll get back to you. You're much better with playing coy than I am. <laughs> I would be like, yes, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's because Tom's so used to being around oh, celebrities, yeah. right? That's, uh, he actually is. He's very cool around them. It's yeah. very, he's very, you would not know that he's talking to celebrities. It's pretty funny. I A quick story that I will tell. Can I say, uh, a, like, who a celebrity was? Would it bother you? Is I, it going to be a bad story? No, no, oh, okay. Like, don't say something mean about no, somebody. It's just one time Tom and I were on a trip, and uh, because of his job, there no. was. <laughs> there was something going on with uh, one of the artists who was playing at the show, and it happened to be uh, can, is it okay? If I yeah, say? Brett Michaels, and um, and I just loved Brett Michaels, especially when I was younger, and he was like super hot. Uh, so Tom is just sitting there on the phone having this conversation completely casually with with Brett Michaels. In fact, he's having to calm him down because Brett Michaels is freaking. out out about the, about whether, some of the marketing plans and the way we were approaching the show and so I he was like I heard you have a really unique thing that you're doing and and he's very hands on and he wanted me to walk him through what I was doing <laughs> for the show and so I was on the phone with him for like and this is unusual you don't normally talk to the right, artists like this right. about the show and so I but I was on the phone with him for like 30 minutes yeah. as I walked him through my marketing plan and what I was thinking and and by the end he was just like I wish we could get every venue to do this. Yes, he was so happy by the wow. end of it and I was just like oh my god you're talking to Brett Michaels like the whole time like that's that's all I was doing in the background but I had to be really quiet and I had to hold it all in. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. What was he like known for? Was he on a show so or something? So he was the lead singer of the, of the band Poison. Yeah. And then uh, big hit Every Rose Has a Thorn. Porn, oh, my personal yeah. favorite right. talk dirty to me yeah uh, <laughs> but uh and then he had a reality show called rock of love he was on celebrity apprentice he's he's That's very okay. hands-on and, and very much involved in like keeping himself relevant and, and different in not just being the lead singer of poison yeah he is that but he's also right. yeah because because he also has like a, a country uh, yeah he's got a country thing that he does yeah and yeah he's he's very much branched out yes so right sounds like a brilliant businessman i think he's very yeah good at business. maybe not brilliant yeah. but, but real savvy, savvy yeah like he's he, he's some of those guys are they they really figure out ways to like 
keep themselves relevant even when I mean he'll be the first one to tell you that like they're a nostalgic now and that's you know nobody's yeah gonna like he play gets a new it song from poison some he knows people that. are like oh we're still relevant and right. like we still are the most important group in the world and I feel sad for those uh, right those, people, it, those but, are difficult to deal with yeah. yeah but he's not one of those and it was but it was just funny because it was just Tom was just like having a conversation on a Thursday afternoon and I'm like oh <laughs> but if you count my time, but if, if you count my time in radio, I know I've been I've been doing it for you know twenty five years now. So like it's you know I know, but I I got to sit and listen to a conversation, and I was so excited. <laughs> and I was just excited to like my marketing plan. He wasn't going to be a dick that day. <laughs> so did you ever get to go to the studio in New York City? Because I know you said you were there when you saw the bike but you got did you get to go to the studio yes 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 and I was so excited and so nervous I I went in October and I remember when I got close I'm like oh my god there it, is. <laughs> it, it looked exactly like the video they did with Alex and uh, Cam Newton I'm like yeah it's just like that there it is and I went to a class with Cody of, of course. course it was uh, a disco ride I had to have my first ride with Cody and I think it was my, yeah, it was my 50th ride too, which was really neat. And then met him. And then what's really great, I'm sure you know about this, is that, and I assume they'll do it when everything is back to normal or the new normal, is that the classes are free uh, Monday through Friday, like the 1030, 1130 and 1230. If they're 20 minutes, I, I don't. And also there was talk about when they were moving into the new studio that they were not going to be free anymore. It was going to be a lesser fee, but not free. So We'll see, you know, what the world brings, yeah. But, yeah. but yes, that had changed just so people. Yeah. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So what was neat was that I, I did the class and then there were spots for the next class. So then I got to do a ride with Matt Wilpers, who I usually don't do many rides um, with him too much just because of music. And but I really enjoyed his class. And then I actually got to go back and it was almost like a, a spiritual experience oh. was going to seriously was going to a, a 45 minute club bangers ride with Alex. It was in January and it was right before they announced that he was working with ladder and i mean his tribe was there the feel good family they were there and they're just like whoa like you know alex is energetic but this was a whole new level i mean people went into the studio like dancing and you could just feel the magic and being the first saturday of the new year it was it was incredible and then also the day before i got to do a ride with robin so were you planning on going to homecoming this year Yes, yes. In fact, my husband, because I, what I heard you say on the podcast about getting tickets, my husband actually blocked. Now, granted, it was noon, so it is lunchtime. He blocked time on his calendar so that we both could be trying at the same time so I could get a ticket. Aww. Yes. Aww. <laughs> Aww. It was that And then I didn't think, like, gee, Carrie, you should have your credit card next to you be ready to go. And long story short, he got the ticket because <laughs> he had his right there. I'll add that so to you the, got the list ticket. next year. And, um, <laughs> yes. And then, you know, obviously it didn't happen. And I wanted so badly to ride with Leanne or with Ben because we don't get that opportunity. Right. Especially I'm only a few hours away. Right. Right. If I plan it, I can almost ride with any U.S. instructor if I think about it. So, 
Yeah, that was disappointing. But actually, speaking of the studio, I bumped into John, DJ John Michael and talked to him for like a good 15 minutes at their little bar He's there. He's so and great. He is a yeah. doll. In fact, I'll, that's a, I'll, I'll give you, I know you like to have the pictures, yeah. but yeah, I have one with DJ John Michael, who's wonderful. <laughs> he's, he's so nice. He's such a good person. I love his outlook on life. I love how he's open about things like depression and anxiety and how he deals with them. I, and I love how he's, he's just so grounded and he's honest and open. He's, he's a great guy. I like him a lot. Yeah. He's very nice. Yeah. He's very nice. <laughs> I didn't realize that he's talked about depression and anxiety. Yeah, on Instagram. Yeah, he, he struggles with it. Um, I believe it's more anxiety than than just depression. I think it's like a mixture of the two for him. And uh, I mean, he, he talks about like uh, why it's so important for him to be grateful for each day. And uh, to your point earlier... Yeah, he's talked about like his struggles and that like now he recognizes that, oh, I'm starting to have this moment. So I need to go and take care of myself. I need to stay on top of it. I can't just, you know, it, so he he will post about that in his Instagram. So I don't feel like I'm saying something that. Right. No, yeah. no, no. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I really I love hearing people talk about that, especially people who have a lot of followers, because a lot of people. I think there's a lot of people in the world that don't realize that they're not alone in those struggles, that there's yeah. a lot of there's so many of us that deal with with anxiety and depression that it's not it's not just you. You're not crazy <laughs> for feeling that way. <laughs> and that that actually goes to the whole loneliness thing, because when we talk about it, it's like, oh, you too. Then you don't feel that loneliness. Yeah. And that's something people aren't talking about. Maybe they will when this goes live. Is we're not hearing about the impact for people being by themselves. And yes, we have Zoom and this is incredible, but people are wired to be around each other. It's yeah, it's how we're meant to be. So it's so wonderful that we can have this. At least, I mean, can you imagine if the internet went down? I mean, <laughs> that we'd really no, it would yeah. be terrible. I mean, we we were just talking with that about with the kids about that. That yeah. like. It's there, it's horrible that this is happening, but, but there's, there's never a better time. Never been a better time yeah. to be stuck at home. I mean, because even ten years ago, if you didn't have movies, you'd have to go to the store, right? You know, to get to get a movie. Yeah, like, you don't even have to do that. You just just the, pull it up on Netflix, on Netflix or Vudu or whatever, Amazon Prime, and just buy pretty much any movie that was ever made. I mean, it's like, just the the things that we are able to do right now. It's it's just very interesting. Very much so. Yeah, actually, I was curious, and maybe I don't know if you want want this on, but I was curious how your journey has been through through Peloton, like what your what your health has looked like because of it. And I don't think we discussed it on my podcast how your health had changed. And I thought, oh shoot, I forgot to ask Crystal about that. Uh, I my health has changed quite a bit. I mean, I feel like we. I shouldn't say we I have focused on things completely differently than I did pre Peloton. I mean, everything about my life has changed. I eat so much less meat than I used to eat. And I also um, I wouldn't say I eat a lot of vegetables. I still probably don't eat as like uh, clean as I would like to in a perfect world, but I don't drink as much and I pay a lot more attention to how things affect me. So for example, um, like getting the whoop device that I have has really helped notice that like, oh, my recovery is crappy after I drank the night before and I feel awful mm -hmm. for the next two days. So like, and yes. I know that it's kind of obvious. You don't really need a device to tell you you feel crappy. But to see the numbers and how your performance changes, like when you change it from thinking I 
I remember Tunde said this when we interviewed her, that if you can change your way of thinking from I want to look a certain way to I want to feel a certain way, that it can be mm-hmm. a huge change. And I, I feel like I feel like that in general has been my experience with Peloton. I work out more because I feel great and I love it. Not just like, oh, I feel like I'm thinner. It's because I feel happier. I love working out Mm -hmm. now and I never could say that before. So I just think it's just changed everything. And I feel like I'm a lot more of an open person than I used to be because we do this podcast. Yeah, I think that's more about the podcast than it is about the exercise necessarily. It absolutely is, but it wouldn't have happened had it not been for Peloton. (laughs) So it's kind of all connected. (laughs) So I think every area of my life has changed, but Except for your husband. Yeah, you have not. I have not changed, and your <laughs> husband is still the same. Yes, yes. Like, you still have the same husband. I still have the same husband right. since I started Peloton. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Tom, you must be so proud of Crystal. Like, what are the big... Ch- I'm curious. What are the big changes you see? Um, I think uh, just a lot more confident and outgoing. Aww. Um, uh, I remember, uh, like... You know, she has to do a lot of speaking at work, and I remember how much that used to, like, really kind of freak her out, and she hasn't had, like, when you had to, like, lead a call or or go in and pitch something, and that would, like, you'd be like, and, like, you haven't had those moments in forever. That is so true. I mean, in in years. Yeah. I would have to like go to other cities and do like sales calls. And all I had to do was one part of it. I didn't have to like stand yeah, you up weren't in front really of people. Leading that. No, yeah. but it stressed me out. Like I would be like crying anxiety before I left. Mm. I mean, it was, I was a mess and I don't have to do that anymore, but like the calls that I do lead and have to convince people to do things and stuff. I don't, I don't have any of that yeah. stress anymore. I mean, it's not like talking to Brett Michaels. No. But. It's definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It, it's it's such a gift. It's such a gift to have people listen to what you have to share and to it's really really. Yeah, a gift. it's been very flattering to see what the whole what this whole thing has grown into. I would it, say absolutely, yeah. and I'm sure you feel the same way with your yeah. podcasting. You have almost 300 episodes. That is amazing. That's a, That's a lot of episodes. So congratulations to that for that. And the, and that's Thank commitment you. because they be, I mean it's a it's a term within the podcasting world pod fade. It's a it's thing. People that, <laughs> right. that you yes. know that uh, at, yeah it's Apple yeah. Podcasts is is littered with episodes or shows that didn't make it past you know three or four episodes. So true. So yes, yes. I, I think I heard something like seven. If you get past seven, then you're legit. But I actually was in a in a car accident and had to take some time off. And so that's and it's been a, it's been a journey to kind of, you know, they say, like, go for the niches right. and, you know, going out to more of a kind of a, a, a podcast focused on vitality and also on relationships and also on creativity. It's a, a little bit broader than doing distance running. So it's really been an interesting journey to say. The yeah, least. I guess it, it probably helped that you had, I guess, kind of built an audience and then. And it sounds like you transitioned over time that just your interest kind of gravitated this other direction. And then eventually you were like, OK, screw it. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it I, is I'm now gonna, a new thing. I'm just talking about this. I, now. Yeah. I'm talk about this. I don't want to, I'm not doing a ton of running anymore. In fact, because of this podcast, I'm like, OK, Carrie, you should really do a Peloton run finally. So I did <laughs> on Monday. Um, but yeah, because in the end of the day, too, it, and what's interesting is a lot of listeners are fellow marathoners and they'll reach out and they're like, I 
just can't start running again. I'm not motivated. And it's, it's, it's like, okay, well, let's look at, look at a bigger question. And just like you were saying, Chris, okay, so Peloton opened the door. And, and for me, it was like, oh my gosh, if I can run this distance, what else can I do? Yeah. And so it just, it just goes wider and wider. But then, you know, this really goes back to self care, but there's physical self care and then there's mental self care. So I would say it's going more into the mental self care than just the physical. Yeah. And on, on that note, I found it very interesting. I had to find a balance because as I started into the Peloton world, I met so many great people that encouraged me to try new things like, like doing triathlons and running yeah. and longer distance running. I mean, I did, I did a half marathon. I've never done a, a marathon. But um, but I found that the stress of preparing for those races, it's in like the longer distances. It's so stressful that it starts to become it feels like an anvil around my neck instead of instead of motivating yeah. me. It, when I start off, it's motivating, yeah. but there becomes a point where it becomes demotivating and it pushes me down and it feels like everybody get away from me. I just want to exercise for fun again. And so. I like yeah. went all the way. I loved it. And then I went past it and I got to that point of like feeling miserable about it. And then I had to kind of come back and be like, I want to just exercise for fun again. And and I, I need to stay there. That's my spot where I have to stay in. <laughs> Amen, sister. So with you, it becomes all you think. It about. does. It really. And you're like, oh, I've got an 18 miler this Saturday or training for a half marathon. Oh, I'm doing the 10 miler. And that's like the graduation. If you can do a 10 miler, you're set for a half or if you can do a 20 miler. You're usually set for a full. And it's, yeah, it's, you're, you're always kind of thinking about it. It's always, it's always there. Yeah, and I, and I think when you have so many other things going on, some people really like that to be the forefront of their focus. And that's like that drives them. But for me, with so many other things going on, it became a, like I said, an anvil. And so it was just very stressful because I was constantly like feeling like I wasn't doing the other things I wanted to do. Like I, I couldn't get to them. And when I did get to them, I didn't feel like I was putting the effort into it that I wanted to put into it. So I, I think I am envious of people who, who are able to do uh, marathons or Ironmans, like do the full thing. And it's like, physically, I think I could do it. But with the demands of time and like how we like to travel and we like to do other things, I just, I don't think that I can commit to that at this point in my life with everything going on. Yeah. But I wish I could. I wish <laughs> I could and not feel crazy, like a crazy person. <laughs> I, I want to. <laughs> so... Back to, I know that you've mentioned Cody several times, so I am going to say that Cody is your favorite <laughs> instructor, I'm guessing. So I do a lot of different, um, a lot of the different Peloton offerings. I like to say that Cody's my boy and Alex is my man. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, um, um, but then I have different favorites. Um, I really like Maddie. Madonna oh my God, Maddie's for, awesome. Uh, horror. Yes. <laughs> he's hysterical. I love his, like, he calls him dad jokes. I don't know if he's a dad, but I like his he's humor. Not a, he's not the a dad. dad uh, <laughs> but he has a great dad. <laughs> uh, I think he's great. Yeah, he, he, I'm in this, uh, I'm in the, the Peloton monthly challenge tribe and someone said, Hey, Maddie just announced doing a 21 day challenge with this 10 minute core. 
And so what's really been great is I've done it. And then my dad, who is in Tucson, I got him to do it. So I'll literally call him on FaceTime and say, okay, this is our class. And then we'll do it. And then some days I'll call him about something else. He's like, hold on, I'm doing my class with Maddie Majacomo. <laughs> and so that has been wonderful to have that. Um, I love the nighttime meditations. They have been a game changer. And I remember you actually talking about once with um. I think a famous tennis player, how she said she loves her nighttime meditations. Yes. I really like them. Kristen and Anna are my favorites for their nighttime meditations. And um, I think um, I also like Robin. I And I really like her during this time of quarantine, especially. I think she's been really, really empowering. And I think they're all great. You know, a lot of times, too, it's like the music they play. And I do find one time I was like, oh, all this, oh, there's a new low impact 20 minutes. It's exactly what I wanted to do. And I get into it and I haven't checked the music. And I'm like, oh, okay, next time, make sure you check the music. Because like, it's only 20 minutes, but, you know, if there's another class that's 20 minutes and I prefer the music, okay, yeah, then. I get that. That's, yeah. So um, what is your leaderboard name? <laughs> Not very original. It's Carrie Kate. <laughs> and how did you come up with that? <laughs> I don't I, You're like, it was assigned to me yeah, at like, first. Well, should I be Carrie Gormley? Or, that seems to like most people don't go by their name. And I, I didn't, I don't know. I was like, should I do something about flourishing or positive psychology? And I just ended on Carrie Kate. So I was overthinking it. I'm like, Carrie, just do the darn name and you can always change it if you want to. So right now I am Carrie KG. <laughs> I love it. It's just it's just you and you simple down the road. No fancy thrills, frills. It's just Carrie. Carrie KG. The instructors can pronounce it. <laughs> you don't have right. to worry about them struggling on a no shout out. No crazy numbers right. involved. It's something to be said about that. Absolutely. So do you have any <laughs> advice for people just starting out? You should have really good advice with all the positive psychology. <laughs> Pressure's on. <laughs> there you go. I love that you ask your guests that because when I was new to Peloton, I'm like, yeah, yeah, tell me more, tell me more. Uh, so, like many people said, and I asked this question in Cody's group, that was the first group I joined, is they said, try all the instructors twice. So, <laughs> like a, a marathoner, I made like almost a training plan where I had everyone's <laughs> name and I had to see if I had it twice. <laughs> And I even, because um, this is what happened when I became a runner, like I would read running magazine, like <laughs> cover to cover, alone tense here. Um, I actually organized a lunch for the Delaware um, Peloton riders and uh, got their words of wisdom. And uh, so I would highly recommend trying each instructor twice because you don't know if you're in a bad mood sure. or maybe you just didn't like their music. Or maybe they're having I, an off day, it, you know? Good point. Exactly. They could be exactly. They could be two. Um, I know. I remember going on Alex's ride at first because I saw a live ride was coming up and I hadn't taken his class yet. I'm like, well, here we go. And um, he had me right away when he said, "Welcome to the family." I was like, nice. <laughs> I, I really like that, and I like how he's really like. When I actually met him in the studio, he's like, "Who's new to my class?" As I raised my hand, and he said, "I'm going to kick your ass." <laughs> <laughs> So um, I would say definitely, yeah, try the different instructors uh, for sure. I would also say play with your your seat adjustment because every single person I talked to gave me a different adjustment from the person at the store to the person who delivered it. I even was talking to my osteopath who has a Peloton. I was taking videos. He's like, no, do this, do that. So 
play around with it. I, I would definitely say join a group. Uh, I actually heard on your podcast, Sam Atari, who started the Peloton Monthly Challenge yeah. Tribe. It's like, oh, they sound really cool. And they're meeting together once a year. That sounds like fun. And so I I was able to get in, which was really cool and made some friends there and even gone to a party with one of them. And turns out she actually is friends with a friend of my husband's from work. They went to business school together. So it's I would say get involved with the group because then you'll try new things. For instance, this month we're doing bingo. Kind of like what you guys yeah. did, yeah. but a little more than picking an instructor. They have, we have a new card every week and they have a lot of different challenges of things I normally wouldn't do. Like pick a class from your lowest one and do it. Call a friend and do a ride together. A- another one is I finally did a boot camp. Oh yeah. Uh, because I never would. I don't have the tread. But they're like, no, no, you don't have to do the tread. So I actually went on the bike, yeah. which I don't know. I didn't think that before, <laughs> but you know, just do a, do, I did a um, scenic ride, a 10-minute scenic w- ride while they were doing the tread. That's awesome. So that worked out really well. Yeah. That's fabulous. Awesome. Oh, lots of great advice yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us. We really appreciate it. Yes, we do. Before, yes, we do. Before we go, where can people find you? Oh, right. Thank you for asking. Um, you can go to my website, Carrie Gormley. So it's K-A-R-I. G-O-R-M-L-E-Y dot com. Um, the podcast is The Flourishing Experiment, which you can find all podcasts. And I'm a bit on social media. Tom and I were talking. This is my favorite form. Actually, if you can call it social media is podcasting. I am on Facebook at Carrie Gormley and then Instagram and Twitter also at Carrie Gormley. An email. I love here. I love email. Carrie <laughs> <laughs> at com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for joining us. We really appreciate it. And for having us on your show. Yes, yes. It's been a blast. And it's so great to get to talk to you again. And before I forget, happy Mother's Day this weekend. Oh, thank you. You too. What are you going to do? Uh, nothing. We're in a quarantine. We're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But are you going to make your family like do what you want to do and not do dishes and keep on reminding them that it is Mother's Day and you are the mother? I'm going to have to come sleep all day. Yeah. He's got to do his uh, overnight shift. So I'll just. But, you know, that's okay. They I already got uh, flowers for my daughter. She came home from her dad's tonight and they picked flowers from her dad's garden and her stepmom helped her cut them. And then she made me a card. So, uh, you know. That's awesome. And Tom's got some kind of gift in there I saw. Already so. on the kitchen counter. Yeah. So I'm sure I'll be, Aww. I'm sure I will be treated special, but we don't like go do a big thing or anything. So no, no, no. But uh, yeah, no, I'm making my son play rap though all day. <laughs> <laughs> he's gearing up. <laughs> he hates that game, but he's playing it all day awesome. long. <laughs> well, that's nice of him. It is. Uh, okay. Well, uh, thank you so much for your time. I'm starving. So we are going to go eat yeah. and yeah. Uh, you have a great night and a great weekend. Thank you. You too, Crystal. Thank you, Tom. This was really a lot of fun. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, Carrie. Bye. Bye. So I guess that brings this episode to a close. What, pray tell, do you have in store for people next week? We have Ariel Brown. Ariel Brown is a longtime Peloton rider, but also 
She is the creator of the Emotional PPE Project, which is a really, really cool organization you guys are going to love hearing about. So please make sure that you tune in. You're not going to want to miss it. Awesome. Well, until then, where can people find you? People can find me at Facebook.com slash Crystal D. O'Keefe. They can find me on Instagram and Twitter on the bike and, of course, the tread at Clip Out Crystal. And you can find me on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe or on Twitter at Roger Kubert. You can find the show online, Facebook.com slash The Clip Out. While you're there, like the page, join the group. When you're on the bike, be sure and uh, use the hashtag The Clip Out. We greatly appreciate that. Yes, we would. And you can also uh, be sure and subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. And sign up for the newsletter at theclipout.com. So that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, keep pedaling. And running. Clip in.